0: So, here's what happened as a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. So, here's what happened. I'm your host, Nisha. And as always, I'm joined by Carolyn. Yeah, we are back and we just. What is this? We, it is November. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, November has passed but it is November uh so we got one more month to go in this year that has seemed to go on for forever but yeah excited to talk to you about all the things we've watched and read
1: yeah this no- November actually went by pretty quick to me like September and October seemed to mm-hmm. take forever to go by it but November I I woke up yesterday morning I'm like wait is it the 1st of December? This is ridiculous. And I even forgot like the my country's independence which was November 30th. Happy Independence Barbados. <laughs> I am a bad Beijing cuz I completely oh, nice. forgot.
0: <laughs> 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 yep. Well, yeah, no, I agree. This month to go by fast and I also feel like there was just like a lot of things that came out this month. Like all at once. So, very much I'm very excited to talk about a few of those things with you.
1: Yeah, there was quite a few films and stuff that came out on Netflix in particular.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So, it should be a good episode, y'all. So then let's just dive right on in and kick things off with, what did you read? Hmm? Hello. Oh yeah, I was gonna say what did you, what have we been reading? My bad. Oh, I thought Carolyn, what did you were taking <laughs> a Oh yeah, sorry y'all. I guess we should let the people know now. We are having a few technical difficulties, so we do apologize if there are any pauses. I'll try to fix that fix that as best as possible when I edit, but we may have some moments where Carolyn or myself are calling out to each other and not aware <laughs> if we can hear one another. <laughs> ah, so. technology, the struggles. Yeah. It's a it's a petty petty girl,
1: isn't <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we all know my we all know I have an ongoing saga with technology and how it like seems to have it out for me. Um, so and that's actually a perfect segue for my book discussion. So in October's episode, I discussed um, book seven of the Expanse series by James S. A. Corey, and and then I continued with book eight, which is um which is called. T.M.S. Wrath. So this is book eight in the Expanse series and as we all know it's been adapted into a TV show which um, for season four is going to be showing on um, Amazon Prime Video on August mm-hmm. no sorry on on December 13th and then the and then Mm-hmm. They're probably. I'm not sure when they're gonna do season five because actually they're actually season shoot, shooting season five in Toronto now, so they filmed season four season five back to back. Um, but yeah, I read the book. Book eight is ridiculous. There are some moments where I was like, what. The i legit got up and screamed out like it was in my living room like what on earth am i never reading like what just happened and i love when a book can do that i love when a story can like literally surprise me and this is saying a lot for this series because mm-hmm. there are so many twists and turns in this in this in this series so many like mind-blowing concepts that they that they came up with and so when they manage to top everything in each consecutive book is like <laughs> Hands up to James S.A. Corey, which, um, as some of you might know, is the pen name for two writers, actually, Ty Frank and Daniel Abraham. So props to them. like They keep blowing my mind with this series, and it's really good. Um, I would recommend anyone, if you love sci-fi, if you love politics, if you love drama, if you love um, family drama, if you love history um i would recommend this book series and the tv show to anyone because what this what a lot of people i don't think a lot of people realize is that it's not strictly sci-fi in the fact that it actually deals with a lot of things like politics and the reason i mentioned history is because if you're a fan of history there's a lot of um references that you might pick up in it it talks about colonization it talks about um um, it talks about politics, that a lot of stuff that is happening present day. Like, it, I, I always say the books are actually very prescient. And even the TV show, they, how, the way how they discuss certain topics, a lot of it is actually can be applicable to what's going on today. And it talks about colonization. Mm. It talks about uh, like cultural appropriation. It talks about the struggles with um, people from different um, ethnic, I should say, or national um having problems with, like, their ethnicity in the fact that they're struggling to find their own place in, like, society and they're, like, holding on to their... They're trying to hold on to their ethnic identities. Like, someone... I, as an immigrant, can relate to a lot of the... Especially there's this group of people called the Belters. I relate to them a lot because they're considered um, to be the outcast in the fact that they're, like, the working cast of this of this universe. And, like, like people of color, especially black people, I think would relate to them a lot in the fact that we... um. We're always expected to do the hard work, but we're always, like, not rewarded for it. We're always still treated as, like, you know, like, mm. second-rate citizens. So, like, there's a lot to right. be related to. And then there's also the whole story of found family, that that's one of my favorite um Things with families, that I love when writers give, create, found families, like where you have the family that you choose and you create yourself instead of the one you're born into because, you know, those are the families that we those are the people that we connect to the most. I love um, the whole, like, different families are explored in the series. So it's like really good. Is like has some mind bending concepts, and the if you like science, you'll also like this. If you like astrology, you'll like this. If you like physics, you'll like the book. So basically, if you like think of any kind of genre, even horror, you could you would find something. Um, of interest in the book series And Tiamat's Wrath is the 8th So they're doing the ninth book Now it should be soon coming out And that's going to be the final book I'm not sure what the name of that one is going to be But mm. um, I can't wait to see what they do Because I'm like how on earth are they going to end the series And they do intend to end it with night book <laughs> 9 So bravo to them for like saying we're going to do this and we, and we are determined to end
0: book 9 Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Nine? Did you say ninth? The ninth book? The ninth book is going to be the last book. Whew. I don't know. I'm going to have to wait. I'm going to wait until like that ninth book is out because I have a problem where like the last time I read a book series as it was coming out, I was just mm-hmm. like so anxious and I kept on being like nope, I don't want to put myself through this again. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> Oh well, the thing is,
1: is the thing is, is like if you return because like, I get the books through the through the library, like I read I read them like two at a time. So like for November, I read mm-hmm. the last two books because I reread Persepolis Rising and then I read TMS Wrath. So and I did that when I was reading the preceding books as well. I read two at a time, and by and if you start if you were to start like in December, even at the beginning of the year, by the time you got through the series, if you were to say read. Two books a month, or even one a mm-hmm. month. Like by the end, you, by the time you get to TMS Wrath, the the That's ninth true. and final book would have come out. So it, it's not like the Jar R Martin books where like people are still waiting for the final books of Song. Um, there wasn't Song of Ice, right. of, Song of Ice and Fire to come out. They're like no we know for a fact we have nine books and we are doing it and they I think they've already completed and they're just like waiting for printing and publishing and all that to start out and then they're going to bring it out so it's not like they're holding on to it they're like nah you're getting it but the right. ironic thing is that one of the writers I think it's Daniel Abraham actually used to work with George Jar R. Martin I think he was his um, assistant and George R. R. Martin actually did a foreword for one of the books I'm not sure if it was Persepolis or one of the other books but yeah that's cool so, so yeah so okay. that's well, I can,
0: I can, that gives me peace of mind if i were to start it beforehand because as y'all know i read berserk and i'm on volume 40 40 and mm. i don't know when volume 41 is coming so no. i you live know, in an eternal hellscape of waiting to find out how that ma- manga is going to end
1: no you don't have to do that with the fan series so like I also That's can't good. wait to see what they do next. I hope they have another series come up because honestly, I think this is probably my favorite book series. I would say speculative spec. Is it? I'm not sure if it would just be considered speculative fiction. Um, it's definitely sci-fi, but it's also a lot of dra- a lot of genres intertwined in it too. I, I would have to say after Jane Austen's book, like these, the Expanse books are probably my favorite series of books I've ever read. When I when I get the money, I'll probably um buy all the books. I think they're, I'm not sure if they're doing like special box editions. I think they are, or is it the DVDs? Um, but I'm gonna tr- try to collect all the books.
0: Nice. Yeah. Mm. Alright, well thanks for sharing that one I think, I mean you've talked about it a couple of times, I keep saying that I will read it one day, so I think I just need to buy the bullet and get the audiobooks cause.
1: You can do the audiobooks, I wonder who the um, I wonder who the narrators for the audiobooks would be because that would be very interesting Um, I would love mm. if they had Shuri who's who plays Christian Avisarala in the series in the TV show, I would love if she did like narrate, like narration for for the books that would be so cool mm. i don't know who i don't know who i would have to ch- search online to see who does the voice. if they ha- who does the voice work for the things because i'm sure they have all i'm sure they have them on audible by now
0: oh yeah they, they have to i i assume everything's on audible at this point
1: yeah and word and if you do get audible be prepared because these books are quite long like they're super thick i think they average at like Six to seven hundred plus pages.
0: Oh, okay. I could do that. Yeah, I might. I, I might take a stab. at I might go to the library and, and get it first and see if I can handle that.
1: Yeah, do that. Yeah. So that's my book recommendation for okay. November: TMS Wrath by James S. A. Corey. Cover art by Daniel Dosi. Dosi.
0: Um and oh it's my turn now Um, Mm -hmm. so for me I read the it's called it's titled uh, Kabuki Omnibus Volume 1 it is another manga shocker Mm -hmm. I know guys Uh listen we we, we found our one. (laughs) what'd you say
1: I said we found our niches for what we like to cover so no shame in that
0: True. We did. I, I feel like I've I'm owning that I'm a manga reviewer at this point cuz mm-hmm. I just keep finding some good ones that I really enjoy. Exactly. So, the manga that I read is titled Kabuki and it's uh the Kabuki, it's the omnibus volume 1 that encompasses the first two volumes from the original release of the series. So, The synopsis of it is, a young woman codenamed Kabuki struggles with her identity in near-future Japan, working as an operative for a secret government agency known as the Nō. Kabuki neutralizes dangerous individuals before they become national threats. Uh, but the agency she works for is compromised. Kabuki's personal quest sends her down a difficult path to her own self-discovery that may bring her in a difficult in, in, in direct conflict with the powers that she wants to serve. So that's a synopsis to give y'all a little brief review like overview of it. It's dope. The art styles like David Mac uses like a bunch of different art styles from not just like ink. And like black ink, like most manga artists do, but they also do a lot of things with watercolor, newspaper clippings, magazine clippings. Like, it's just really, really dope to see so many different styles of art used in one piece. Like, the book, the manga really feels like an art book for the first few pages. So, I was really impressed mm. with that. And I really like, I always like when people. Aren't afraid to like you know, mix their art styles with other art styles when they're doing like this kind of book. So that was dope. The story is really, really good, in my opinion. It it was a little difficult for me to like read because there's just like so much catching my attention when I've read the first few pages, like from the art style. And then this volume is like has bonus features in it, so there's like a bunch of stuff in there but once you get into the story it really gets your attention like the whole thing about it being in a it's kind of like dark mirror-ish when it says like a, a not so distant future of Japan and they how they use the kabuki like their her name is her code name is kabuki but basically they have all mm. these secret operative women who are assassins a part of the organization um But from the synopsis, I originally thought that this was going to be heavy action, and it's really not that heavy on action. The action scenes are great, but what really got my attention was the story about, like, Kabuki, who you find out... Has a part of herself that she feels doesn't belong in the organization, or she's she's going through her own self discovery, going through her origins and everything, and it's just really interesting how they work that into the piece.
1: Hmm. So, question: So, does the reason they have Kabuki as a code name could it have to do with do they because they're assassins and I'm, I'm. is like their disguise or like their thing has to do with um, drama because kabuki oh. is actually a traditional Japanese um, th- mm-hmm. form of theater, like where it's dancing and it's like very theatrical. Where they use masks and like, like elaborate costumes. Is so that- it
0: is related to that. So definitely, okay. like their masks are styled after like kabuki theater. Mm, okay. uh, yeah. But there is a par- the- oh sorry, did you hear it? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, your your assumption is correct that they their mask is styled after k- kabuki theater, but also mm-hmm. so. And this is just giving some background information. Um, the word kabuki in this book, like and how it's related to this. So in the setting, in the manga, um, it take it, some of the story takes place in World War Two. Okay. During that time, there's and like this is something that's like historically has happened during World War II. Women, like Korean women, other women, like from around Japan, like and, and the I knew women, they were taken into and became sex slaves. Oh yeah, for comfort the Japanese women. soldiers. Yeah, comfort women. So. That's the thing that happened, and that so what they called the the Ainu women, which is the indigenous people of Japan, they mm-hmm. called them kabuki, mm-hmm. and that was meant as a slur. So they they call they specifically called the comfort wo- the Ainu comfort woman kabuki, and that was mm-hmm. meant as a, as a slur to the women. In, the, um, in, this, so, in this manga, yeah, in this manga, it's it okay. they used it as a slur, as, they meant it as a slur in the manga. So we're not saying like this isn't like a widely universal term or anything. That's, that's what it meant in the manga. So that happened and then I know I always ask you, but I feel like I have to ask spoilers. Do you care? You don't know mean no. <laughs> huh? Nope. Okay. Um, <laughs> just always have to ask to be courteous. Um, so Kabuki's mother was an Ainu woman. Mm-hmm. So she was an I knew comfort woman. Uh, she was called Kabuki, and she was going to she was going to marry this man who was a general because he fell in love with her and he w- wanted to make her his wife and everything, and give her a, his Japanese give her a Japanese citizenship. So the pl- that was the plan to happen, but her stepson so. That man, that man's son, he couldn't stand that his father was going to take a wife, and she was a kabuki, and she, he thought of her as an animal. So, the son, which this is very graphic and terrible, the son rapes the mother, like not his mother; it's it would have been his stepmother, and the child that is born is the woman that will become kabuki. Okay. you follow me yeah i follow you i mean okay. i have something so to say but i'm gonna wait was, for you to,
1: i'm gonna wait for you to finish yeah
0: okay so yeah i have I, I have feelings about this also so the way she reclaims the word kabuki because she like refuses to let that be a slur to her like the mother and the daughter she refuses mm-hmm. to let that be a slur so they it's their way her using that code name is a way of her reclaiming it So that's why she chooses to call herself kabuki all
1: right okay so my response to the description to the synopsis of the story is i have this thing Mm -hmm. i'm like there's this thing with manga in particular and like it happens in like all genres no matter who writes it but where is where characters male characters use rape to get revenge on women and to dehumanize women and it's like yeah right can we stop like can 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 this not happen why why did why is it all oh, why is it rape always the f- go-to to like as we say to put women in their place like, we know it happens in real life and i know like there there is it's all about the drama and whatever for the stories but i find in manga in particular this is something that like all with oh, a lot of the mangas you describe in particular this happens a lot to a lot of the female characters it eh?
0: I mean, I can't say that in a general sense. It happens in a lot of female characters because I, I've seen like rape is a thing that happens, in like. I want to make sure I say this correctly. I've only known of two, mangas I've read where there's rape, but you're right. Like this one is one of them now Mm -hmm. and then berserk which i completely agree i'm also sick of the trope of it of the woman of like that only being that she's only there to be raped and be um to not calling them damage but goods but like that's the whole thing that they're trying to make them damage goods by raping them or Mm -hmm. by assaulting them Mm -hmm. and then by putting them in a position that they are now lesser because they've been raped right and that's, and I guess my my thing with this one was, the intentions with the character, it's I think it's more like because women who were comfort women were raped, that's like one yes. way I looked at it is like that's something that actual happened and that and mm-hmm. that was like I took it as like oh this is something that people don't even really know happened to these women during this time because no one like and it wasn't until 2017 that, Jap- that Japan recognized the Ainu people as their indigenous people. So it's like yep. this whole culture of people existed and have existed for years, but they've been they've struggled to get much um, acknowledgement that they that they deserve truthfully it's like a lot of indigenous people so I think it's one thing I think it part of it I took it as is like by bringing that part of the culture into the characters also is like hey this is some, these are things that happen to these kinds of people like they are forced out through assimilation and also they were raped and they were used as comfort women and it's just something that I don't think a lot of people commonly know about and that's 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 what I took from it but on the flip side of that like we've, I've talked about berserk on here I hate that trope of let's damage the woman to get revenge on the man that I'm angry at. So it's it's like this one. It, t- it kind of made me think about like what was the con, like what was the purpose of it? Like was it like was it strictly revenge or was it like I think the assaulter in this case they were racist, and that that's what motivated it also.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just um. It just bothers me a little bit because... It's, and especially when these stories mm-hmm. are written... A lot of these stories are written by men. So it's always like... Right. Gotta told that line carefully. So that's just something that just, like... It just bothers me a lot. And, it, and it's not only with, like, only in mangas. It happens in, like... As I said, in all genres. In, like, all, like, Western and, like, Eastern. And, like, all of the world. Like, writers use their rape as a way to, like if you want to break a woman, then if you want to bring her, if you want to bring her to build her back, what's the one way to do it? <laughs> Rape her.
0: Uh-huh.
1: You know? So it's like, nah, okay. But the thing is, is also with the, with the comfort women, like, um, you mentioned the things is like uh, because during the second world War, this happened to not only japanese women but it happened to korean chinese and filipino women um they were mm-hmm. used um they forcibly used because a lot of them were in a position where they were forced in to becoming um comfort women right and so it, it was uh, and it was only like you said, as you said 2017 and it's only recently that it that it, the what happened to those women and like the trauma that occurred to not only them but to, to their their um, descendants was acknowledged i think and i think it was there was a statue that was even erected um there's a few statues that were erected recently in different places one is in the philippines and i think another one is in korea and i think one was erected in japan it could be wrong where they actually erected um memorials to the women i think the one in korea has it shows women sitting down and like and like every year it's memorialized so yeah so that is something like if you've never heard about comfort women go read upon them and read upon the history and
0: mm-hmm. then maybe people think
1: about the Second world War um, in particular and um, like they every one of us focuses on the war stuff, but they don't really focus on the how it impacted different cultures especially women a lot of women were right. were like raped and like brutalized and like mistreated and like enslaved during the second World War and, and mm-hmm. afterwards Same thing happened During the Vietnamese war Um, You know Westerners Doing Western men Doing what Western men Did when they went To other countries You know That imperialist shit Um, So yeah So they were A lot more forced Into like Sex slavery And and that actually Kind of I think that actually Caused the trickle down Into like especially in Southeast Asian countries where you have like sex, um, tourism is such a big thing. I think that actually, I have to do some research on it, but I think that actually like made it explode into Southeast Asian countries, especially and in Asian countries. So yeah, go and read upon it. Learn, go and learn about kabuki, about comfort women and that kind of stuff if you've never heard about them before.
0: Yeah, I definitely encourage people to like look into that part of history too because it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's very eye-opening like to, uh, to know when these things happened also like because I feel like the way people paint World War Two as like well, there's many ways people paint World War Two, and like other wars and I feel like there's people like you said there's a whole bunch of people who are affected in different ways and it's not ever shine a light on and yeah. I like that this that David Mack took the time to include that part of it because i don't think anyone's ever like if you were to ask i mean maybe in japan they they learn about this but like worldwide no one knows about this probably off you if you were to ask them this kind of stuff but also i should note like throughout the book they he talks about the ainu people more so it's not just in this one instance so i i -hmm. give him more i give him some credit for doing that too right so i think it's just it's impressive because you don't get to see like in, in, when, in being all honesty, I'm like, when we want to see indigenous people represented in media, it's not always done right or well or often. So, yeah, it's just kind of like, huh, I'm impressed. You did it. You, 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 you actually did not You included their culture and stuff. I'm not saying it's a perfect thing. I'm just saying, like, this is something you don't normally get to see and that's impressive and I think it'd be great if we could do that more with more indigenous groups but yeah well ready to move on to TV talk yes
1: and for TV talk um, I'm gonna again talk about a Mm K-drama this is my thing we said we're gonna lean into what we do and this is what we do Mm -hmm. I think I say this every episode (laughs) forgive me if I'm repeating myself (laughs)
0: Uh You're fine. So it as
1: I feel like I have to make excuses for talking about Korean dramas, I, you know I need to stop. I, like, it's, <laughs> you
0: it's, don't need to make. We, you are who you are. I and am. I, love who I am, you for and it. I love
1: what it is. I exactly and I love you for you. I love you for what you love, and I love me for what I love. And it is. We are who we are. Um, so this one is yep. romance. Is a bonus book starring my. Sweet Cinema role. Jeong-suk Ye- as chang and Lee Na-young as Kang Dang-Yi. and this is one of the sweetest K-dramas I've ever watched it has very little angst <laughs> <laughs> cuz I was like I need uh, I need something light and fluffy and of course there's gonna be angst because this is a K-drama. Like there is no such thing as an angstless K-drama. But this one was so light and like sweet and romantic. But as usual, but as up with a lot of K-dramas, there's some really important lessons to take away from it. Um so the synopsis for this one goes so Chang No uh, is a successful and handsome writer who is also the youngest chief editor at a publishing company he has a he has a calm demeanor and remains reasonable at work he then becomes involved in the life of his childhood friend Kain Dai who was once a popular copywriter she is now divorced a single mother unemployed and struggling in life through still attempts and and, and then still attempts to find a job but even with her once good career she cannot however in a de- de- desperate attempt to find a job she lies about her background and begins to work as a temporary worker in the same building under none other than chauno and they become it as they become involved in each other's lives more more than often a love story begins to unfold yes so this story has a lot of um i think it's very deep in the fact that yes the romance is like very easy like once they once they establish their romance it's like very easy sailing no big um stumbling blocks for them which again is rare in a K-Brown it like once, usually when a couple gets together like some ish always goes around and there's always like something that creates something about for this couple no they were like mm-hmm. we're together no the, the the angst comes from especially for Kang and uh, for, for Dani we're is she's this, as a single woman, She she, as, and is as a single mother, she's placed in this position in a society that is very patriarchal and is very capitalist and is doesn't value, and, and like your value is only seen as what you can do for others, where people are like, and because she's older, I think she's 37, and they're like, she's looking for a job, they're like, okay, she's been to all these interviews and they're like, oh, you're too overqualified because she has university degrees and all this stuff and she has all this this experience working as a copywriter in one of the biggest companies and they're like, You've been out of the workforce for how long? Because you were home raised you were a homemaker? Like, how dare you? Like, was you why you throw away your, your career and your life to go raise a child. She's like, But there's nothing wrong with that. But then it's like but then she did she's not getting hired because you're like, Oh, you you have you're not up to date with like the trends and whatever, so she can't get a job. So then she lies and she's and so even when she like she's uh, still applied for jobs and she's not getting it because then people are like, Oh, you're too old right? So on one hand she's overqualified, but she doesn't have the, the like recent experts, and then on the other hand, she's saying that she has a high school, she's only has a high school, um, high school education, and then people are like you only have an high school education but you're this old and you're applying for a, a entry level job and you haven't mm-hmm. been working for like what eight years because you're raising a kid so it's like she can't catch a break and she's like but like so then people but she was like if I am if I was a man you wouldn't be doing this and it's true because and, and they do say that like point back in the show they're like yeah if you were a man you wouldn't have this issue but because you're a woman your lack of either i.e. Uh, lack of experience or even being overqualified creates a, this, this situation because they're like, if you're overqualified and you're working with people who are like younger than you You're you're gonna make them uncomfortable. Now the reason Mm. this this may sound weird is because in Korean society, South Korean society, um, seniority has is very important. Like if you are a junior, you have to you have to always give way to the senior person and even if like for instance even at 37 she still has to give way to her seniors because not only if they're older but also because if they have a higher position than her but because she's older and and, uh, and, but because she's older and has like uh, a university degrees and had previous work experience like this comes into play later in the show I don't think I'm spoiling anything, but it's like this whole thing she's caught in where she's either too old and too experienced, or too old mm. with not enough experience. And it's very interesting to to see her struggle with this. But the things with Danny is she's very optimistic and she's always like encouraging herself, and I love that about her. And and this is actually something similar in what in the film that I'm gonna cover later on down. In like she's she's very optimistic and but she's not optimistic to the point of being stupid. Like she if she if something's wrong, she admits there's a problem. She's like, I'm gonna figure out how to fix this. And like she's she encourages herself and she's like you can do it, Danny, like you can and she even has her own little dance that she does and her own little chair and she like encourages herself and I think that's so sweet and I and I love seeing it, especially in an older woman like she's 37 she's like just like I'm 36 she's a year older than me and to see like a mature female character being allowed to show that she can encourage herself and then she also forms friendships with other women and I love seeing like women form friendships especially in a a work environment because you know there's also this show where like women who are in and it's real because I've experienced it myself where women who are in like corporate in a corporate environment in particular they're very like Competitive, and that doesn't mm-hmm. really happen in this show. Like, like, there is a little bit of competitive, but that's to be expected. But like, they all encourage and support each other, and like everyone grows together. And I love how the characters grow and progress. And and um, Cha oh my gosh, he's the sweetest. He is so supportive, and he's so cute. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love E Jong Suk. He's in the he's in the military you now doing his um his uh, assignment. But uh. I love his character he's also very um he's very encouraging like he encourages her and he encourages his um his co-workers as well and i just love like again the whole phone family trope is i just love it like the whole publishing company like they're all hilarious i there's not one character that i hated in this show like some of them annoyed me a couple times but then like you understand why they are the way they are and that you can understand you can embrace them and it's so good and then I love the whole concept of how like our lives is a storybook like how our lives can our lives are chapters and like the whole the name actually romance is a bonus but they're like if you get romance that's just an additional bonus to your life like some people aren't aren't Lucky enough to get that chapter, but they're like, once you do, like the chapter is worth reading, and I just love the whole concept. Of life is a chapter. Like some, pa- some, some chapters are gonna be harder to get through than others, but like once you make it mm. through, like the story can progress and it can grow. And by the end, and by the end of the book, by the end of your life, like you would like, you have a story to tell. Like they're saying, everyone has a story to tell. they just love that whole concept. Like bravo to the writer, mm. and like I just love the whole concept of like how they use. Books to tell the story, and it's so, it's so beautiful. I think this is probably after One Spring Night, probably the other most romantic drama that I've seen this year. Because Encounter came out. Did Encounter? Oh wait, no! So it would be Encounter, um, One Spring Night. Romance is a bonus book, and the other one is oh my gosh, the other one with Lee Dan Wook. Oh, I can't remember but yeah that's it so Remax is a bonus and it's available on netflix so watch it
0: okay i'm Uh, gonna check that out i got Uh, i've been craving some like good (laughs) um let me see Uh, if well actually since disney plus is now a thing Mm, uh since that the streaming service premiered here uh, er, w- earlier this month, I think it was November 15th. It yeah, that's not I, important. I, I um, still do not have my account. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm so cool. sorry, friend
1: it's okay I'm having fun looking at everybody I'm, I'm actually I'm not bothered because first and first Disney is not paying me to watch these things when they do I will probably right. sign I'm gonna sign up but I'll take my time but I'm having fun at looking at Yodito hey Kate for introducing us to Yodito and uh, I'm just looking yes, at Yodito, every- I'm just having a blast
0: with it <laughs> which funny you say him because I'm about to talk about Yodito uh, okay. if Kate if Kate is Yodito's mom then I'm his auntie <laughs> I love him so much Um, I'm I'm talking about The Mandalorian for y'all that that do not know The Mandalorian is a series that is on Disney Plus it's an original series um, an an original Star Wars series on there and by now if you've been living under a rock I don't know if you don't know this but Yodito aka Baby Yoda which he's not Mm -hmm. Yoda we just don't know his name he's called The Child he is the purest thing that has ever come out of the Star Wars universe in many is many years goes. and we all love him is and I will he? fight anyone who hates him <laughs>
1: he is adorable those big ears and those so eyes cute. I'm so glad they went for a puppet instead of a CGI like he's so expressive right
0: right the puppet is such a great choice and it's just like the way he like waddles around it, oh, he just looks like a child like he is a child so but cute. it's just like he's so cute like he's in a robe that's too big for him his little hands oh so cute. His ears. Oh, I can't. His ears. <laughs> his ears. And the funny, so the, the funny thing is, everybody keeps on having debates about, like, well, whose child is he? He must be Yoda's child. I'm like, y'all, Yoda comes from a whole planet. It could be, like, he's probably not Yoda's kid. Some just, I saw some people say he could be a
1: reincarnation of Yoda, which he possibly could, like, a force created by the force. Like, you never know. But
0: either way, He's adorable. You true you never know like if Did someone it. cloned Yoda or something like like uh, it just, I'm. I'm. The thing is, I'm approaching this and letting the mystery unfold mm-hmm. as it comes. So to give y'all just the synopsis of it, after the stories of Django and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire, before the emergence of the First Order. The in, the series depicts a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. So the reason I was really excited about this is because I have been asking for a Star Wars series or movie that didn't, that was not directly related to a Skywalker for years. And I have it now because the universe is a very, very big place. Mm-hmm. There are more stories in the Star, than the Skywalkers out there. And it is really nice to see that. Just, I, I love Star Wars. So much, but there are so like I, I I'm more in love with like the cl- like I fell in love with the Clone Wars before I fell in love with the Star Wars movies. So like watching the Clone Wars, you know, there's like such an expansive universe to be told for the stories. Like there's there's just so much out there, and I just like th- we could be doing so many more stories, but they keep going back to the I Skywalkers. Know. I know, that's like, I wish they would adapt the Bloodline books by Claudia
1: Gray, because she did Bloodline, but they probably can't do it now, because um, Mm Carrie Fisher is no longer with us, R.I.P., but also, I want them to do Lost Stars, like, adapt Mm -hmm. Lost Stars, I think that would actually be, I think Lost Stars would be perfect for a series, because it could carry on, see the story beyond the book, and like... Leave the freaking Skywalkers alone. But I think this I think the new film that's coming out at the end of this year, um was it? Lord. What's it called? The Rise
0: of the Skywalker. The Rise, which
1: of, I, <laughs> the yeah. Rise of the which Skywalkers. I'm s-
0: which I like,
1: I'm like, um, it's Philippe, who's my co-host for Saturday Night Sci-Fi. He says he thinks mm-hmm. this is actually the ship that's called the, the Rise of the Skywalker. And it's not actually to do with the Skywalker bloodline. So I'm, I'm leaning towards that that premise too. But I need them to leave the Skywalker lineage alone and focus on other characters. Like, it's a whole bloody mm-hmm. universe. Stop focusing on one freaking family. We get it let's give us right. someone else. give me Lost Arts
0: and I get it like they're they're a family that plays a very huge role in the lore as we know it but after this movie we could totally just leave them alone and focus on the other parts of the universe that has nothing to do with them. We can talk about Jedi and Sith without a Skywalker being related to it. I, I, I give us
1: Finn. Like, make the film. Make Give us give us more of Finn. Like, today they announced that we we're going to get to see uh, more of his backstory. I'm like, yes, give us his backstory. But also give him a future, too. Like, you know? Like, I need to know mm-hmm. more about Finn beyond when he steps off the, the, the ship. And, um in the force awakens yeah i want his backstory but i need to see that he has a future too so like if they could oh. take the storyline in the future films and like make it about ray finn and poe that would be awesome but then also x ex- and and also rose tico and expand the universe have mm-hmm. them going to different places and it's showing us different characters there was like the little boy that they introduced in um the last jedi the when you know um on the planet, the little boy that was working in those stables, like he clearly right. has force powers. Like, give us him, show us him, and the other kids discovering mm-hmm. the force and using the force. Like that, we introduce characters. Give us those what? characters.
0: I'm very confident that there are more Jedi out there, which maybe of there are more Sith out there. Which, like, we can't. I like, that like, I know boy was whole- one
1: of the Return of the Jedi. I'm like, so he's a future Jedi. That's what I saw it as. That's what I always saw that part as.
0: Right. So, and the whole thing is like, there's just like so the the force like i i love like the lore of the force like how people always like there's there's balance there's the dark side mm-hmm. and the and the light side and like one cannot exist without the other so when you introduce a dark force a light force has to like a the light, someone from the light side has to be introduced that can balance out the dark side so the world will never be rid of um a jedi or Sith, or i should say like exactly even like re- referring even referring back to the previous movie where luke was like we need to get rid of the jedi it wasn't so much that they're saying like there should be no more jedi it's like we can't be the jedi that we were like we need to like bring in a new way to be jedi Mm-hmm. which is that's just something I took from it it's just like the and even Yoda like letting the books burn and all just like you don't need those anymore you don't need the scrolls nah. anymore like there there is a new way to be the Jedi so these thing, these people will exist without their like I guess religion like I, I don't know you know what I mean like they're the things that were stopping them from actually being themselves I'm getting into the religion aspects of this stuff now I'm going down a rabbit hole anywho Back to Yodito, <laughs> I, had to pull, I had to pull myself out of the Star Wars dumb. Yodito is pure. He is the best thing that has ever happened to us all. Everyone should love him. Um, mm-hmm. Kate is his mama. She's claimed that <laughs> with her Photoshop pictures of him. Uh, but like this, beyond that, uh, I think the series is a. It's a solid series. It's like it's a western. So it's a little it's slow moving at parts there is good action but pedro pascal does a really good job of acting for us not to see his face Hey, like it's truly just him talking um but and there's like a large amount of scenes where no one's talking but it's it's star wars and it's good Mm -hmm. and it gave us baby yoda so Mm -hmm. and hey sorry yodito which shall be his name until we find out if he has a name Mm -hmm. but we'll still probably call him Yodito Mm -hmm. um just such a great show and I think part of it is because we're all obsessed with baby Yoda memes right now um Mm -hmm. It's it's so good, Um, but yeah, and I hear that it will be getting another season, so it won't be a miniseries. So there will be more to come. So I'm I'm kind of excited for that too. Like I would love for them to build out um, the Star Wars lore and as much stuff as possible. And I do like that they are setting up that where this takes place in the timeline, like knowing this is before the New Order but after the empire's fallen so darth vader is dead and kylo ren hasn't come onto the scene yet so mm. it's like okay this helps us and it's really good that they make they stress the point that like they're far away from the empire or like they're not under the empire's reach right now so yeah all right i've gushed enough about baby Yodito. um what did you what movies did you go see
1: uh, I was trying to decide what movies I should see because I did see a few on on, on Netflix. Um, but the film I'm going to discuss is Dolomite Is My Name. So this film premiered at TIFF this year in September. But then it also and then it was released on Netflix because it is a Netflix production. But I had the amazing opportunity to travel to L.A. for a special screening um, with the African-American Film Critics Association and with Netflix and to meet fellow um, black film critics and I had a blast and I watched a film I laughed till tears fell out my eyes and I, I posted my picture cause I was like I have to take a picture of Eddie Murphy it was very brief interaction um, but the Aww. film is awesome it is hilarious I think it is just like I mentioned with, um, with romance is a bonus book like with this character just a minute Oh wait hold on my thing my screen blanked up oh,
0: What is this always happen to me
1: So the film stars Eddie Murphy, Keegan Michael Key, Wesley Snipes, um, this new actress. Um, her name is Divine Joy Randolph. She's a she's a joy. Um, Titus Burgess, Craig Robinson, Mike Mike Epps with uh, like some cameos by um, Snoop Dogg, who was hilarious. Ti, yeah, <laughs> um, like just the film is black. It is blackly black black um but this film is so is so good um so it's about eddie murphy Plitt portrays comedian this is a real man, rudy raymore who is a, com- a comedian and a rap pioneer who proved naysayers wrong when his hilarious obscene kung fu fighting alter eager dolomite became a 1970s Black phenomenon. So the reason they say rap painter is the way he 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 did his um, comedy was he put mm-hmm. rhythm to his um his to his to his act. So when instead of just saying his um jokes, he did them with rhythm and like it had the like, like, African beats and then what we would come to call hip hop beats like the rhythm and like the flow so he is known as a rap pioneer um and he was genius i think he was extremely smart but his thing was that he 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 wanted to be famous because like his he, he grew up and he had a tough background his father was very verbally abusive to him from what we gather and so he his thing was i want to be famous i want to be somebody and i want to do what I want to do. I want to make movies. And so he was like, I want to be a comedian, but he's like, how can mm-hmm. I be even bigger? I want to, he's like, where can I go next? He's like, I want to make my own films. And people were like, we can't fund your film because that like, your script is all oh, ridiculous. Um, so he was like, okay, well I'll find my own money. So he got this money from like some Russian mobsters and he made his own film and his first film was Dweller Is My Name because that was actually his catchphrase. Um, as a stand-up comedian and this film Mm. so the way how they did this film and it's directed by it's directed by Craig Brewer who did um, Black Snape Moan Um, is actually really good this film is so funny Um, and they kind of do it where you see you kind of start from where Ruby not Ruby, sorry where Rudy Starts doing his stand up community as Dolomite and then he progresses into making this film. And then they're like, for like, I would say the two, the last two thirds of the film, is mm. Dolomite watch. So they're like, it's the film watching how a film is being made, but it's different in the fact that it's very meta. So there's moments where they're looking at the screen, but you're like, they're not looking at you, they're looking at the camera that's filming them. So I, I thought so it's a very interesting way to break the fourth wall. But it's so funny, it's very inspiring. Where Ruby, like, Ed, Rudy, I keep saying Ruby, Ray, Rudy, anytime anyone tells him he he can't do anything he's like why can't I and he's like, I'm mm. gonna try I'm gonna do this and it's very inspiring and I became very inspired watching it I'm watching it because I was like there's like I was going through a very like moment of soft doubt where I was like do I still want to do this whole uh, film critic thing do I still want to do um, right and like because I was sitting on pitches pitches were getting upset to um accepted and whatever and like And then I watched film and like, you know, I'm gonna keep doing it. If Rudy can do it, I can do it too. I'm gonna keep doing it. And he's so inspiring. Bazzy Snipes is freaking hilarious. I want to see him in more comedies. Like we know he he's an action star. We know he can do drama and everything. But he is funny. He was hilarious. As the is this um this director whose name was uh, they're Bill Martin, so he's the director who directed the Duel of My Is My Name film within the film. And he, like, <laughs> Wesley's Nights was freaking hilarious. Like, they were all so good. It is lighthearted, like, does have like a lot of cursing, though. So, like, mm. just be wary of that. Like, like there is no bleepity bleeps in this. It's, like, full-on, full-out cursing. Um, But, yeah, I would recommend... Like, it's funny, the costuming by um, Ruth E. Carter is, like, spot-on, like, 1970s. The uh, direction was really good. It's, like, the story is very inspiring. And Eddie Murphy is, like, top tip, top shape. I honestly think he and um, Ed, he was his next deserve... Um, nominations the Oscar nominations because they are that good and like usually for um, for at best actor especially for best supporting you don't normally get like people from the comedy category but mm. I believe especially for Wesley Snipes like he was that good he is that funny like he deserves um, nomination he, I think he deserves a supporting actor this is just my personal opinion but I think he deserves a supporting actor nomination for for what he did in this film like I the there's this the final big fight scene at the end of the film. I was in tears, laughing. This thing was so funny. I think it's one of the funniest films I've seen in the last, like, what, two, three years. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Go watch it. It's on Netflix. dilemma is my name.
0: Uh, just go watch it. <laughs> no, I'm gonna definitely watch it because, like, one, I I knew Wesley Snipes, not Wesley Snipes, so I was gonna say, Eddie Murphy. It was funny. Like, when I saw the trailer, I'm like, this is gonna be funny. Mm-hmm. But like now no like i I do think wesley snipes is funny like when people let him be funny yeah so knowing that he gets that you get to see him be funny i'm like oh well now i just gotta clear my schedule and watch it i just need to i just have to watch it because it sounds it sounds like it was good like i watched maybe the first 10 minutes i tried to finish start and finish it this weekend but I i didn't have the time so
1: i'm definitely gonna watch it and finish it in one go yeah cuz the thing is a bit as He says like we do like you you kind of know he's funny because like, even in films like the Blade films like he delivers a lot of one-liners and they do land like if they could sound corny but he makes them funny and but he yep. was just given like full carte blanche to be as funny as he could be and a lot of it is just like his facial expressions and the way he he he's he's he says things and and even like it's almost sometimes there's moments where he's like the audience where like if you not even the audience but like if you yourself were personally in a situation you're watching this this crazy film being made you will be like what the hell is going on like I can't believe it. he's like right and you're like is this for real am I here am I dreaming is this like actually happening are we making this gorilla cause that's what I call a gorilla style film mm-hmm. like yeah that's like it happens so I did he's funny the film is funny I think everyone should see it uh like I, 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 I'm I sorry that I didn't get to see a tip but I'm actually kind of glad to because then I got to experience it in LA so like that was really cool and so yeah so that's my that's film dope. for November
0: nice and, and what was I your will, film? yeah so I will close things out with I saw Queen and Slim mm. so I had to preface this because probably two years ago I said I was done watching any movies that has to do with like black trauma Mm. and because it's and and that was more so like related to like i couldn't watch the hate you give like i just i i could not do it and like i i tried i tried to make it through it and it's i think it's mainly because like i did lose um he wasn't like a direct relative but he was like a relative to our family like i did we did lose someone to gun violence so I think part of it, it's part of that 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 kind of stuff hurts to see yeah. it so I'm like I just I couldn't like even like watching the trailer I couldn't like stand seeing like a young kid and that happening to him so I couldn't make it through that I think I'm better now and I can do that stuff but my point is I just couldn't handle like black trauma films and, and to me I feel like you know the stuff that feels like Oscar bait like 12 Years a Slave and I'm not saying anything against the actors who did that and that did a phenomenal performances but it's just something I'm like, I really pay attention to who's behind the camera and who's behind the writing and, like, how, like, all these characters are written and stuff before I go and watch these movies now. So, I had to say, all that to say this. I went and saw Queen of Slim. It was it had me in a bunch of emotions. I did enjoy the movie. It is... I just... I give, I give the preface that, like... Y'all have... Again, y'all know what kind of show this is, right? Like, we talk spoilers. So, Carolyn, do you want me to go into deep spoilers? Uh, Maybe not too
1: deep. I, I think for like most of our I'll listeners, they would have had a general it. idea of what I- happens. But yeah, maybe just skim it.
0: Yeah, no. Like, I, you know, for you me, like, it I don't fresh. mind spoilers,
1: because I already kind of know what happens, but like, for our listeners, just like... Because yeah. the film has become like so controversial, especially among the... the the black community like i don't Mm -hmm. know i'll leave it up to you like you go as far as you want to go
0: yeah no i'm not gonna go too deep then because i want to make sure you go into it fresh also but i have to say all that to say that like i did enjoy this movie i did like my biggest things were that it was nice to see again and i see i feel like i'm seeing it more often but like multifaceted like black characters and that mm-hmm. I feel that reflect the black community, like in the black experience. And I say that as in like this whole thing with the traffic stop, like this whole thing that sets this date on the wrong path, like how this date in the whole story takes a hard left. Like, I feel like that's something that a lot of people in the black community can relate to. Like having had the talk about like, just get like, say yes, sir. Say yes, man. Give them the, your license. Do everything they ask. Don't cause any trouble. Like that whole thing. Like I felt that. I guess I really felt that scene like how like how tense it was so there's that but then there's also stuff like the, with the multifaceted part you have Queen and Slim so Queen when you're introduced to her she comes off as a very take charge like I got this I'm strong I'm an independent I can handle it kind of person which there's nothing wrong with being that kind of person but I feel like a lot of times when black women characters are made that way it feels like they're going to carry the brunt of the burden in a film like they're going to carry a lot of pain well there's a scene where she just reaches a breaking point and it's nice to see her be able to admit and say I'm scared and it not make her sound like that doesn't make her weak like, to be scared and, like, say, I don't know what to do or I'm, like, to actually, like, let her emotions out and be vulnerable, like, this makes her more human. And the same thing to can say for Daniel Kaluuya with his character, you see him, like, stressing out and, like, feeling like he's just, like, has the weight on his shoulders and everything and just, like, being able to see him, like, there is a there's a line that she's, like, how are you doing? And he says, I'm okay. She's, like, really, you're okay? He's just, like... Actually, I'm just used to saying I'm okay when people ask me that. And I'm like, this, that is really good writing, in my opinion, because I feel like there's, like, how many black men can, like, see themselves in that exchange? We're like, how How often do you just answer I'm okay when you're not okay? Like, you don't open up and say, like, how you're feeling. And I like that mm. uh, Kaluuya and then Joni Turner, um, What's her last name? I had her last name, and I just watched. it. Is it
1: Smith? Isn't it Jodie Turner
0: Smith? I, th- I think it is Smith. Um, yes, Turner. Oh, Jodie Turner Smith. So they do. They are so good together. I think, like, I think Daniel Kaluuya has a really great gift for just facial expressions. Like when he's just acting and he's not saying anything, but he's just acting with his face. Like we see it and get out, and you see it again here so I think he does a really great job when it comes to just like using his face for acting if that makes any sense yeah I mean I know what you mean I know what you mean yeah so then like and I think they play off really well together I feel like they have a really good chemistry um and I say that as in like I feel like it takes a talent to play characters that are annoying one another (laughs) like when Mm -hmm. you are like fed up with one another I feel like that takes a, a good chemistry to have when you're acting um and to let it, like, it, it feels really believable. Um, but just, like, I feel like they played really well together. So, just y'all go watch it. Highly recommend it. I think it's something that's worth discussing. So if you go watch it, Carolyn, I definitely would like to discuss it with you. We don't have to discuss it on the podcast, obviously, but we could just chat about it. Oh, for sure. I've been, I do intend to watch about it. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just... <sighs> I, I was upset at first when I saw that this movie was being made, and it was mainly because I'm like, oh, here we go again, something that's mm-hmm. gonna make people cry and like this and that. And but then I realized I'm like, I'm judging it before I go see it. Let me go see it. I also appreciate that two black women. All right, let me not let me not mischaracterize somebody because like Lena Waithe it wrote the screen wrote the screenplay, and then. Uh, I just want to look at the other person. The director. uh, Melina.
1: Matsukas. Melina Matsukas, yeah.
0: Matsukas, yes. So she's... And the funny thing is, they worked together on the Master of None Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, she directed... I'm not sure
1: she directed that, but I do know she was also... She directed... um, I believe she directed the... (sighs) Lemonade videos for Beyonce. Yeah. Formation.
0: Yeah. yeah, she did that also. So, I don't know I don't know if they, I know I, when I was researching it for the piece I wrote for Bawai though, I know they had worked together previously on that episode so I don't know if she was di- director on the Thanksgiving episode with, and Lena was like a co-director but I do mm. know that they worked together on that episode specifically and that's where, uh, that's apparently where they met. So I thought that was dope. Um, but yes, I was impressed with the fact that this is, this has, the project is led with like two women, like the director and the writer. So it's just, it's, it's something nice to see. And I'm like, I want to support it. I want to see it. And then I can pass my judgment on it. So highly recommend go seeing it. I think it is something that'll have people talking about for a while and like, yeah I'm gonna leave it there because I want you to go in it, into it with fresh eyes. so mm-hmm. that <laughs> I just want I want you to be able to go see that um a honorable mention to dives out because I have n- still not been able to go see it but I've heard great things about it so I feel like yeah I really liked
1: it I did my review for it um Ooh, no, that was for Comic Beat, but yeah, because I saw it at TIFF, and it's funny. It is one of the better films for the year. There are kind of moments, there are a few moments where I was like, hmm. But overall, it's a really good film. Um, it's funny if you like um, if you like suspense, if you like the whodunit kind of um, genre of yep. like, mystery thrillers, Agatha Christie, um, Masterpiece Theater, Sherlock Holmes, you'll definitely love the film. He does a fantastic job of developing the script, and also, um, Anna de Armas as the lead is she's amazing and Daniel Craig is like so good. I think he should. <laughs> I wish they would do like a mini, a spin off where he gets to do like m- murder mysteries because he's really good as Benoit. Um. Mm-hmm that yeah, so.
0: southern accent he keeps doing i'm just like i'm it's so good, going to it's laugh funny. it's it's a good one it's a good one i'm just be like what is it what is up with british actors doing being like being <laughs> able to do southern accents well because the man who plays rick does it and now this yes. and <laughs> i just had to take a moment i'm like this man is really pulling off a, a georgian accent right now and mm-hmm. Um, which I'm sure most Georgian people will probably don't like, like, or saying, like, that's not how we sound. I'm like, mm, oh, maybe. You kind of do. I'm like, I, but, anyways, um, and I'm, I'm excited to see Chris Evans be a an (laughs) a-hole because he's just he does that role well he is he's he's a jerk he's a he's such a good jerk though like he's a smart i I love him
1: playing a smart ass i called him a 'er ne'er-do-well in my review a 'er
0: ne'er-do-well oh i just like he gets he gets to play whatever he wants now i feel like i i i want to see him play whatever he wants
1: yeah he was good um like, it was yeah. really good it is one of the better films of the year um it's funny it's like really funny um yeah i would recommend so like all of the films that we watched like queen and slim i would recommend anyone who watched like form your own opinions knives out funny dolomite hilarious um yeah we i, I think everything that we talked about today was like i'm sure something there's there's something for everyone yep
0: yeah yep there is um, and with that I think we are all good to go do we have any announcements or anything coming up um, well for me um, like last
1: week or was it last week yeah last week I had the opportunity to do a press junkie for the fourth se- fourth slash fifth season of The Expanse um, mm, so it was hosted by yay. Amazon so that was a three day press day so you can look forward to um, some interviews that I did with the cast and the show creator creatives that will be covered in both comments, B and also for the podcast and also for Carolyn's, uh, or Carolyn talks with. I'll, I think I'm gonna use a podcast recording. I'm gonna use two interviews, so you can look forward to those. I'm not gonna announce who it is yet. Um, so, like, I love X is Like, one of my favorite shows. So again, it's gonna be on Amazon Prime Video, December 13th. Look up for that. Look up for our coverage. What do you have coming up, um, Lanisha. Um, me. Ooh,
0: I'm just trying to get through the end of the year. <laughs> Here we are.
1: Here
0: we are. I'm just trying to get through my reading list. Of the- oh, I- oh my bad. I do have something to announce. Sorry, I had to grab it out my bag. Be right back. Mm. And well they
1: need to oh. get back. So like everyone, can you believe it's December already? Like yes, by the time we post this, it's gonna be December. And I can't believe 2019 has been the longest year. October and uh, November in particular were like November went by pretty fast, but September, October like like took forever to go by. But mm-hmm. and, oh, she's back? Okay, I was just talking about. <laughs> <the year.
0: laughs> I'm yes, just I'm here. You
1: know what I say? You should never have one. I think more than 10 seconds of dead air.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> true. So good job, girl. Keeping it, keeping it alive. Um, so I am currently reading and I will have the review out for this coming soon. Um, it is The Banks. It is a graphic novel from TKO Studios. It's written by Roxanne Gay. So, The Banks, it takes place in Chicago on the south side. For 50 years, the women of the Banks family have been the most successful thieves in the city by following one simple rule. Get in, get out, get paid, never get greedy. But when the youngest, Banks, who has turned her back on her family, stumbles upon the heist of a lifetime, the potential windfall may be enough to bring the three generations of thieves together for one incredible score and the chance to avenge a loved one taken too soon. So... I'm very excited that I get to review this because I love Roxanne Gay but mm. y'all also know I love me a good heist story or heist anything because looping the third trash here um, <laughs> and also it's got three black women in it starring in it so I felt like this was made for me it is so I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm halfway through I'm trying to take my time but it's just so good I love it so much uh, but I will have my full review out for it. It's coming soon. So that's, what, mm. that's what's coming in December. Alrighty that.
1: then. Not sure what book I'm going to get for December. I had some books I had ordered, and for some reason they were, I was so to pick them up at the library, and then when I went, they weren't there. So we'll see. I'll, 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 my surprise, my reading for December will be a surprise. Nice. <sighs> yeah. So, I think that's oh. it. So. Yep. Oh, that wait, is so wait, it. hold on. We it. So we should probably like right. wish everyone a happy Christmas and a happy New Year because by the time we do for our December recording, Christmas would have passed. <sighs> I believe.
0: That is right. We okay. So happy holidays, ha- Merry Christmas, mm-hmm. Happy New Year, happy, happy New Year. Because that carolyn is right. Y'all will not hear from us until twenty twenty twenty. Wow, almost <sighs> twenty nineteen over. <sighs> that decade is over. My goodness. Oh. You know what we could do, though, if we wanted to squeeze in one more episode before the end of the year, we could try.
1: We could try. Maybe do a special. We, well, we can't, we can't say this. No see. promises.
0: We could do like a top ten of twenty nineteen. That's a lot. Like if we, you say that's a lot. Maybe a top five each. Maybe yeah, top five you, each. You know what? You're right. I forget when we double it, it's twenty. Top five each. Okay. If we, okay. we can talk about this offline. But if we yeah. did top five movies. Or whichever ones we want. Top five things that we found entertaining. Uh, Okay, yeah, top. Let's (laughs) do that. But anyways, yeah. So happy holidays, guys. Well, you might, you may hear from us before the end of the decade. If not, you know, it's been nice. See you in twenty twenty. Peace. Have a happy
1: holiday, everyone. Stay safe. Bye. Yep. Bye.